I wasn't waking up motivated. I was so inspired for like three years straight. I thought like I couldn't be stopped. I thought I would be a millionaire in 2019. I thought I was going to take over the game. I thought it was my time, but I was humbled and had to take a step back. And that that's what bothered me the most. But I knew it was for a better calling. Like I said, after I beat cancer, that year and a half is where I built 80% of my net worth. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of The Social Proof Podcast where we find dope people that did dope stuff here with a young millionaire. Young, rich millionaire. Are you too young to be a millionaire, man? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think you could be too young to be <laughs> yeah, a millionaire. That. Like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, all right, well, we have uh, Mr. Isaac Grace in the building. Happy to have you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. You've been lit. I thought you was going to wear a suit. Switch it up. You normally wear suits. I wear suits a lot. What are you most comfortable with? Um, in terms of suits? Yeah. Not, not just like suits or like just lounge gear or what? What are you most comfortable with? Suits. Really? I like suits. Yes. Suits. So why are you switching up for me, man? Because I wanted to be casual, relaxed, laid back. I kind of was checking out your page, seeing what the setup was, and I thought a suit wouldn't, you know, I wanted to be more, I wanted to blend in. <laughs> oh, I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. So, Isaac Grace, man, uh, you've done some amazing things in the real estate space. Yes. Right? What are some of your successes in that? Um, I've been investing in real estate over seven years. I started wholesaling. I'm 28 years old. I, 28. I started when I was 21. So I've been doing it for seven years. I started off wholesaling real estate. So that's being like a middleman or woman between transactions. You don't need no credit, no real estate license, little to no money. You can make four, five, and even six-figure checks. So I did that for about five years while I was still learning about, you know, investing, you know, finding out how I was going to build my legacy. Yeah, I did. Yep. I closed over 100 deals, probably over 150 deals now, grossed over a million dollars in revenue just off wholesale transactions. Yeah. Hold on. You said seven figures in being a middleman? Being a middleman, yes. Seven figures off middleman work. Golly. So just for those that don't know, I'm I'm guessing wholesaling is you find somebody who has a property, you find somebody that has money that wants to buy a property, but they don't know each other, but they both know you, and you make money for connecting them. Exactly. Yep. So, yep, you pretty much put the property under contract. That gives you the control. You have control of the deal, but you also have, like, wording in your contract that gives you the rights to either purchase the property, then resell it, or just assign the contract to the investor that's already actively buying. Mm, I hooked mad people up before, like... And got no fee for that. Got no bread. No money. You know oh, man. Like, I'm a connector. I put people together and get no bread for it. But uh, <laughs> that, that is, uh, I, I definitely want to get into how this happened. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Like how you became, first off, as a 20, I, at 21, I was an idiot. Okay? <laughs> I was too. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, but you knew enough to get into the real estate space. How'd you get introduced to it? That's a good question. So honestly, the way I got introduced into real estate, prior to me watching a special video, um, I had no experience. I was in the streets. I was just running around. I was, you know, had no plans for the future. I was hustling. When you say you was in the streets, what you mean? So when I say I was in the streets, I was pretty much just running around, following what the culture of my neighborhood was doing, you know, which was selling drugs, you know, just hanging out, wasting time, you know, um, going to clubs, the whole culture trap, you know, like, so I was doing things that wasn't really benefiting my future. 
I had, my, I had a young daughter at the age. So I was that young 21, 20-year-old uh, idiot until I seen a YouTube video one day after coming home. Um, just a normal day. Checked out YouTube. I was listening to some music and an ad came up. It was um, three-time felon turned uh, real estate mogul. It was the wake-up video. And that was my mentor, Jay Morrison. Shouts out to Jay. Yep, shouts out to Jay Morrison. He wasn't even my mentor at the time, but I was really impressed because in his story, he talked about how he was a three-time felon. I was really impressed because he was from New Jersey, and that's where I'm from. So that, um, I'm from South Jersey. I'm from Tom's River, Lakewood, New Jersey, Ocean right. County area. I'm from Lumber. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, Not too yeah. far. Not, yeah, right, Not right, too right, far. Right yeah, you're so Burlington. You're a little west. Town, yep, yeah. yep. So when I, when I seen um, somebody from my state, my skin color, talking about how they already went down the path I was headed and became a millionaire at 28 years old, that really drew me to the idea of practicing real estate investing. But at the time, you know, I was I wasn't money hungry. So what really turned me on about Jay was like his passionate calling for black people, honestly. And I watched a few of his videos that night and he just talked about how black people got to, you know, we got to wake up. We got to lock in. We got to understand we got gifts and talents, but we're using them in the wrong way. So as he was saying all this, I really felt like he was talking directly to me. So that's what drew me close to him. And I literally invested in his Jay Morrison Academy that night, 97 bucks. So I went on my path, like not knowing nothing about legacy, real estate, and watching that video and taking actions that night. Because I knew that if I align myself with this person, I'll put myself on a path to be the the, the boss that I wanted to be. Because at the time, that's what I want. I just wanted to be a boss. I didn't know what that meant, though. I didn't know how I would be a boss. I knew that hustling was not going to make me the comfortable boss I wanted to be. You know, so when I thought about real estate, I was like, wow, like it's real estate all around us. This can be a great business venture that I might as well just go out there and explore. Yeah, let's first off give Jay his flowers for having courses and running YouTube ads back in the day. Back in like, the day, yeah. No, nah, it was real. I was talking to him the other day and I, I think I figured out how the ad popped up, right? Because a lot of times with ads, you have to like speak about it mm -hmm. for it to pop up. But my father had just came home from like a six-year prison sentence and he went out to a real estate event. And he kept telling me about it. And, you know, I might have, like, mention real estate, I feel like, around my computer or my phone. And then that popped up. And then I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to go this route here, you know, because I wanted, I was really impressed by Jay. And my father went a different route. And I beat him. What was your dad locked up for? My dad was locked up for um, drugs. He's been in prison back and forth probably a total of maybe 18, 20 years now. Did he put you on? I would say he sparked the, the idea, but no, he didn't put me on real estate. But you were at, I'm saying you were, no, 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 I'm saying did he put you on hustling? Oh, no. He, my father was in prison. My entire upbringing, he came home around this time, 2000, I met Jay 2014 virtually. He came home late 2013. So when I had my first daughter at 20 years old, he came home. How long was your dad like that? Um, he was serving, that was his, six, he was there six years that time. Yeah, when I was in seventh grade, he came home for a year and a half. He I did six years during that time, was home for a year and a half. Then from eighth grade to 20 years old, he was in prison. Dang. And when did you start selling? I would say probably about 17, 18 years old mm -hmm. when I dropped out of high school. You dropped out? Yeah, I dropped out of high school wow. my senior year. I was wow. just like, ah, I can't relate to school. Um, I had bills to pay. Um, what bills I, you got to pay at 17? Bro? That's a good question. So my mother actually moved away when I was in eighth grade. She came down here to Riverdale, Georgia. I decided I had a, um, I had a rebellious mentality at a young age. You know, I wanted to do things my way, how I wanted to do it. And I wouldn't even let my mother dictate my future. So 
I was able to negotiate with her to stay in New Jersey while she came down here with my grandmother. Now, my grandmother was like real strict. She was a godly woman, rest in peace, her soul. So she wasn't with the, the, the nonsense. So I stayed with her, but I lasted about a year and a half. So when she kicked me out... Oh, so y'all was bumping heads. Yeah, we was bumping heads. Yeah, she wanted me in at 10 o'clock at night. You know, I was like a sophomore, you know, going... You know, I was young. So we would bump heads and then she just wanted me out. But she was like, I'm going to send you back to your mom. Where I got you, where you came from. And I was like, nah, I'm not going back. Packed my stuff up and I just left at 16. And then that's kind of where I really just started fending for myself. I stayed with my uncle for like eight months in between that time. But he was like 24. He went to prison. So I had to move from his house. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to figure this out on my own at that point. Yo, yeah. So you are definitely um, a product of your environment at this point. Your yeah. dad goes to jail. Your mom's out because it's probably just a lot of pressure. A lot of things there. going on. You're, so you're staying with your uncle. Yeah. Did he put you on? No, uncle did not put me on. He actually was trying to keep me away from it. But again, he didn't really have time to take care of a 17-year-old and really teach me the way. But no, he never condoned and caught me a couple times and beat me up a little bit. But it didn't stop me because I had to take care of myself. What, he, what did he get locked up for? Um, hustling. He was indicted. You got some nerve. You, <laughs> you brought you hustling too. Are right, you trying to right. rob me from my pack so you can sell to your customers? I think that's what he probably did. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Goodness gracious. So when did you start? So I officially started um, 17. So when I turned right. 17, it was the start of my senior year in high school. Right. You got it. You, you got went to your grandma's house for a little while. I was at my grandma's from freshman year to mid-sophomore yeah. year. And I went with my uncle from sophomore to mid-junior year. And then from mid-junior year until I dropped out of senior year, I was on my own. So 16 and a half to... 17 is when I... So did you just start selling drugs when you got to your uncle's house? Very little. I was nickel and diamond in. I didn't really know what hustling was. I just was being a follower. So I was nickel and diamond at that time. But then when I moved by myself after my uncle, I actually moved in with a friend of mine who was actually like the plug, you know? So he really helped me understand what it really is to hustle. And he was like, hey, look, you can stay here. He had like a one-bedroom house, but he had a whole basement that was we finished. You know, so I was doing real estate well before I was ever in real estate. His father was a handyman. We put like three, four thousand dollars together, built me a whole room under his house. Oh, wow. And was like, yo, just give me 300 bucks a month and you good. You know, finish school. And that was the plan. Hey, so he was in real estate too. He was in real estate too, yeah. You still talk to him? Uh very little. I don't talk to him at all much though. What's he doing? I don't know, honestly. Yeah, yeah I don't That's know. That's the right answer. Yeah. All right, so so you're you're in when you got when you got to this YouTube video, where were you? When I got to this, were you staying at the, your man's house? No, see, at this time, this was seventeen. So with my friend, I dropped out of high school my senior year because of drug investigation. So we got raided during our senior year, right? And I was upset because it had nothing to do with me. It was had something to do with him. So I realized that I had to again take control of my destiny. So I just made the decision to say, you know, I'm gonna separate myself from living with you because I can't control my environment living under your rules, you know? So I ended up moving out. And during this time, I was also boxing at 16. I joined yeah. this nonprofit called No Guns, Just Gloves. So it was for at-risk at risk youth. So I joined that boxing yeah, program. Sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I joined that program and they actually found out about my raid and pretty much helped me through my whole case and moved me in and oh, took wow. me in as a... Uh, like a like a child at that point, you know? So I still they're still like my parents to this day. Victor wow. and Stephanie Lashley. 
But you didn't stop necessarily. I stopped when I moved with them, certainly. Good, good, I stopped. Good. Yo, and that's the yo, that's the thing, man. I think, you know, hopefully somebody's uh listening to this and you know, they have somebody in their life that they can see through your story. Yeah. That your environment controls what this person becomes, I believe, in many cases, right? Yeah. Your environment said, yo, we hustle, this is what we do. Dad goes to jail, uncle goes to jail, like my friend that I'm staying with, they hustling, this is what we do. And then all it takes is just getting in a different environment. To change it. So what did you do after? Was it hard putting down the the the, the drug activity or? I mean, it was, I wouldn't say it was hard because my whole life, I never really wanted to be a drug dealer. Right. You know, I prayed my whole life to never be like my father. I played sports growing up. I wanted to be a professional athlete. That was my dreams. But unfortunately, I found myself in that circumstance, like living in it, like, wow, how, how did it get here to this point? So when they accepted me to move in, obviously they had rules for me. You know, they just said, hey, look, we're going to take you to go get your GED, get your driver's license. You can box full time. You can, you know, work around the gym and we'll take mm -hmm. care of you and kind of help you, like give you a second chance at life pretty right. much. So right. they they kept me to, for about a year and a half. I stayed under their roof. Um, they had a nice house. Their children um, welcomed me in. They had a son that was my age and then they had an older daughter, one or two years older, but they all welcomed me and had a nice big house. So, you know, it was definitely a, like a culture shock for yeah, me. It was sure. definitely a big shock. Gotcha, gotcha. So when you when you see this video about real estate, it's just going through your head. Wow, it's buildings all around me, and I feel like this. Did you know what it was? Did he explain what he was going to be teaching you for this ninety-seven dollars? Nah, because the wake up video isn't about real estate. The video that I watched, but he highlighted his story. So he talked about being a three-time felon, becoming a real estate mogul, but his message was for our culture. Yeah. Yo, we got to wake up. We all got to practice group economics as one if we want to bridge this wealth gap. Yeah. So that's what drew me to him because no adults, no black men in our neighborhood was ever talking to us in that manner. Yeah. You know, so that's what really impressed me and it caused me to watch more videos. So gotcha. the, the first lesson I got from Jay was the credit, um, how to get a secure credit card. So I followed that. I had a bunch of money at the time. I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the bank, got a secure credit card for a thousand bucks and then divide by three rule. And then within six months, I have some established credit. Oh, what's the divide by three rule? So the divide by three rule is pretty much if you're trying to establish credit, you can go to the bank and get a secure credit card. So a secure credit card is when you give them your money. So I gave them a thousand dollars to hold and give me it in a form of credit card to show them that I can manage, um, make payments over time. Right. So with the, the, with the divide by three rule, it, it's the utilization. So utilization makes up 30% of your credit. So you spend 30% on your car. You can, you know, put gas or, you know, grab some, some lunch or, and then you, you pay it minimum payments monthly. So I, I ran it up to 300 bucks and made like $75 payments for four or five months. And then the bank called me up or they reached out to me and gave me an unsecured credit card for 500 bucks and gave me my thousand back with a little bit of interest, nothing really too crazy on it. So I followed that, but also I joined his his Jay Morrison Academy that same night, which was teaching me wholesaling real estate. Oh, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're, you're, you're going through this process. Tell me about your first deal. Yes, yes. So my first deal I did six months into the business. So six months into business, um, I was following everything I learned. I actually met um, a cash buyer in my market that really helped me actually put everything I learned into real practice. What's so a cash buyer? Um, a cash buyer is like an actual investor. So when we're wholesaling real estate, we're actually building our team. So we're seeking for cash buyers, contractors, different um, members you're going to need for your team. And this one cash buyer, he was just really like wholesale friendly, I would assume. So he really like helped me out get through the first deal. 
So I just sent out marketing. So I was at this time, there wasn't like really like texting and um, voicemail drops like it is now for a lot of investors. We were doing like postcards and handwritten letters. Mm. So I was sending out handwritten letters and actually... My first deal happened in the same neighborhood I grew up in with my grandmother. Mm. And I leveraged her relationship with the actual owner because it was an inherited home. So the mother died um, of the actual son who was my father's age, knew my father, knew my grandmother. The houses were literally back to back from each other. So that was my way in the door. Once I said who I was and who my grandmother was, he almost gave me the property. Wow. Yeah, he almost gave it to me. Remember um, that deal? The numbers? Yeah, exactly. So I put it under contract at $65,000, and I turned around and sold it to my buyer for seventy-seven-five. I made 12500 on it. First so deal. So five figures. First deal, and probably spent maybe like six, 700 bucks between the course and my marketing. And that joint was feeling like, it, yeah. Like, oh, it, 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 it opened my eyes up. Because at the time, like I say all the time, I wasn't driven by the money. So that's why I'm happy I started real estate at the time I did. I see a lot of people do it now because they're chasing money. Me, I was chasing a way into a better life. Mm. So when I made the five, the 12-5, I didn't even cash the check for like two weeks. You know? So like I was just at the bank one day putting some real cash in there. And then I'm like, oh, I got this check. Let me cash this too. Where did you have all this other money from? I was hustling. You were still hustling at this point. <laughs> right. So yeah, we did. It's more to I that story. When, when I moved away from, when I moved from them, I moved back by myself at 19 and started back hustling again. Got stuck uh, back in it. Yo, lesson number one. <laughs> if you want to succeed, get in a successful environment. If you want to sell drugs, move back to Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's... Oh, I mean, man. Isn't that funny how things No, it's, it's, it's really funny. Like, when I left them, it's like all the hard work they put into me, like, went out the window because my mentality changed when I got back. I had my first crib. I was 19. Um, I had my first daughter. She was coming. So I was with her mother at the time. And, you know, I, I had isolated myself from all my friends. So when I came back, it was just hugs and kisses. Hugs yeah. and kisses. Where you been at? We hugs, see you boxing. Kisses pack. Hugs, kisses in a pack, literally. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. And, you know, this time I was a lot older. So it was the quantity was more, mm-hmm. you know. So now I was literally hustling. It was a business for me. It wasn't just a transaction. Make five, ten, twenty dollars. I was now making fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars profit per month, you know, and I Jeez. did that from nineteen up until twenty three. So you was up. We was up. We was up. What was you doing with your money back then? I was actually, you know what? I I would say I was re- I saved money really good, but at the same time, environment is everything. So as I started making money and collaborating with different people, they had different ones, right? So at the time, when I first started, I didn't know nothing about designer clothes. I didn't care for mm. none of that stuff. I was like, man, I was broke five years ago right. with nothing. I got $20,000. I just need to make sure I hold on to this money. But when I got around people, they make fun of me. I have clean shoes on, but what is those? What are you wearing? What do you got on? <laughs> right, Why right. your jeans so baggy? I'm like, you know, so that caught up to me. Before you know it, I'm at the malls. I'm at Neiman's. I'm going to Shore Hills. I'm going to New York City. You know, I'm in the clubs and I started getting caught um, caught up in the culture trap too as well. So mm-hmm. keeping up with the Joneses when your last name is not Jones. Gotcha. Got, am I doing that, Ernestine? <laughs> <laughs> Ernestine hates that I bought this word. She's like, you're changing. <laughs> like, I'm not changing, Ernestine. I just want a nice belt. That's all. Right. I just <laughs> want a nice belt. <laughs> all right. So um, you did you put the, the, the hustling down? When you started making 
real estate money or what caused you to stop? Right. Um, it took some time for me. So my early entrepreneurial career wasn't about money for me. Again, it was about the evolution of myself. So I had to learn how to master self, master my environment, the choices I was making. I had a daughter at the age. I was dealing with, you know, you know that drama, you know, neighborhood drama. So I had to mentally prepare myself to officially, like, fully step out of, you know, my previous life and build myself to be a new person. I struggled early on because I wanted the best of both worlds. I wanted to be a real estate investor Monday from 8 to 4, but from 5 to 11 o'clock at night, I want to run the streets. So the balance kept causing me to hit the road, hit 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 a, a roadblock. And I would quit on the business for three months, two months, a couple weeks, and try to pick it back up. And that was my first year and a half. And even though I was doing deals, I didn't really have a business. I just like stumbled across deals because I had the strategies in place. What was the strategy? Um, just marketing, lead generation, knowing how to find an opportunity if I needed it. Jay was teaching lead generation... Yeah, then. yeah, lead generation, yes. I didn't even hear about lead generation until probably a year ago. Yeah. Like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, a lot of <laughs> like this stuff. Terms, you know yeah, we've been, I've known a lot of this stuff that we hear now for a long time. Yeah. Was it easier back then? Uh, I wouldn't say it was easier. I would say now it's easier because I'm a lot better at the business. But um, I would say it's always been opportunity. There'll always be opportunity in real estate. But in terms of the market, like if, because there, Right now, first off, when we get a hold of something, we get a hold of it. And I don't know, maybe I'm just I'm just uh, blinded by Atlanta, where yeah. there's a whole bunch of entrepreneurs where everybody then wholesold. I did wholesale. I yeah. wholesaled. Is it wholesold? Wholesaled. I wholesaled. That don't sound right either. <laughs> I did a wholesale deal. I did a couple. I did one, two. I did one, I think, wholesale deal. But it was just happenstance, and I was just talking to someone. But what I'm saying is, because there, people are doing it more often, yeah. does it make it... To an extent, being in the Atlanta market, I will say that it, it's easy to get intimidated in this market. Because I've even tried in this market and gave up. Because I know that it would take a lot of consistent pressure on the market to really break through it. But in my market, I'm in a very desirable area, but it's a small market for wholesale real estate. In Atlanta? No, in New Jersey. In I Jersey. don't do no real estate in Atlanta. I do no... You live here, though, right? I know, I don't. I do no wholesaling in Atlanta. You live here do no wholesaling here in Atlanta? Unless it's one of our students that got deals. But me, personally, I just didn't like the market. When I when I attempted it, I was just comfortable with the markets I already had. So I just said, you know what? Before I try to spread my team thin, let's just double down on the markets that we already have in New Jersey. So that's what we decided to do. You live in Atlanta, and you don't do any deals in Atlanta. Really. mm I just inspired by the black How excellence. How do you manage it? How do, okay, so now, okay, now I got to get into it for all my wholesalers. Because there's some wholesalers that can't make money in their own backyard, and you going to it, you doing it from another state. Yeah. How do we do that? Systems, processes, you know, leadership, having a strong team. So I've been building my Jersey team. So I started 2014 to 2016 and a half by myself. I went out to a conference that changed my life, and one of the biggest things they taught me was how to create your perfect day. What was the conference? Um, the Find and Flip Summit by Kent Clothier, okay. Real Estate Worldwide. And it's how to create the perfect day. Well, it's a it's a wholesaling summit, but they taught us a mindset activity behind creating your perfect day. Get, getting in Paradise, Paradise Island, Fantasy mm -hmm. Island, right? So your perfect day is really an exercise that you want to write out what would your perfect day look like as an entrepreneur, you know, six months from now. That's mm -hmm. kind of how I've... I've did it. When I first started it, 
I wrote like this big lavish life. Like I lived in this big old mansion. I, you know, pretty much didn't have to work, had all these maids around my house. But my mentor, um, Kent Clothier, explained to me, no, don't do it over, do it over. But wouldn't tell me what I'm supposed to write. So eventually I sat down, I really thought in my head, like, what would life, what would the perfect day look like just six months from now? Forget six years or 16 years is what I was trying to do. But what would six months from now look like for me? And for me, it was having an office because at the time I didn't have an office. So I was living in my, my condo, you know, smoking weed, you know, hanging out in my underwear, just like doing calls on a computer for five minutes then taking a, a snack break, smoke break, talking on the phone before you know I forgot I was working. <laughs> so the first thing was an office for me, right? Because I know it would get my mental focus when I tapped into an office. So, so getting an office is a hack because some people, you're just too comfortable in your home. Yeah, I, 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 even today, I can't work from home. No, no matter what. So the office gives me that I got to get up, that whole work feel, right? So I was like, you know, how can I create the nine to five lifestyle but work for myself? Gotcha. So I said an office would be great. And this is what that what that creating a perfect day taught you. Yes. Yep. Well, well, what was, they didn't say go get an office. No, right? they said write out what would your, what would your life, what would your perfect day look like in six months from I now? See. I see. So the way I actually wrote it, it started with me waking up, right? So I wanted to wake up positive because at the time I always woke up angry, you know, um, complaining, you know, focusing on yesterday's problems, bills, whatever it was. So I said, I want to wake up with a positive mindset. I want to learn. Let me, let me, let me share something with you. I have what's called the morning meetup. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a perfect opportunity for a commercial. Yep. Because every single day, Monday through Friday, we jump on and we're talking about entrepreneurship, growth, how to make money, how to be a more effective person in this space. Yeah. So back then, the morning meal would have been perfect. For it you. would have been perfect. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. We'll see. Them. Yep. So that was the biggest thing for me. So I started learning about morning rituals, showing gratitude, um, focusing on getting spiritually aligned, which came a little bit later through more mentorship with Jay that I will talk about. But that was my first thing: waking up positive, uh, putting on my best suit. So that's when I really started getting more heavy mm. in the suits back then. Putting on my best suit, going to my office, having a team in place, and having systems, processes, automations in place so my business was generating success every single day and making money monthly. Were you doing deals in your draws, though? Yeah, I was. I was. And how did... So, and, and what what was this team consistent? You had them coming to the office, too? Yeah. So, I could... Yeah, so my team started with one person first. Okay. So, it started with one person. Um, I wrote the, the letter beginning of 2017. I met my partner four months into me working on this letter. He called me, went to my high school, said, I see you've been doing real estate. I just joined Jay's course, too. I got a lead that I'm scared of. Like, this lady seems motivated. I really don't know how to close it. Can you come to the appointment? I said, yes. So I went out there. We closed the deal. But due to the fact my mind was so focused on team and I had this perfect date I was manifesting, I said, you know what? This is an opportunity right here. This is God answering my callings. So I said, yo, look, I know we just did a deal. We made some money together. I'm looking for partnership opportunity. And he, he was on board. He's still my partner to this day. Oh, wow. Yep. That's interesting. How old is he? Um, he's 28, too. He's about, uh, like, two, three weeks older than me. Mm. Yeah, so we're the same age. He's April. He's born in April. I'm born in May. Were y'all running just as hard this whole few years in real estate? Yeah, yeah. We've been running super hard. He's he's 80% of all my success. From my 150 wholesale deals, million dollars in revenue, all the investments I own, he's a part of a few of them as well. Mm. That's, what's his name? Curveens. Shouts out to Curveens. Yes, sir. Okay. So, um, all right, so you... All right, so no, it's crazy. I got this whole visual like you eating cereal in your drawers. It's crazy. It was like while, that. Like doing calls. <laughs> I got this weird visual, bro. It's crazy. But you, <laughs> you put on a suit 
and you go to the office, Curvins. Curvins, yep. Curvins, he's in there too. Yes. What are y'all doing? So we were implementing everything. So in 2016, when I went out to the Find and Flip Summit, I joined their mastermind, right? So it was a $25,000 year coaching program where they taught you how to take, like I knew wholesaling. I knew how to do wholesale deals. I just didn't know how to run a business behind it, you know? So they taught me how to take everything I learned and turn it to a business. So that's when I started the, being more predictable in my marketing and understanding the the, the percentages with marketing, the sales, the science behind it, different things of that nature. So they just showed me how to operate it from a business standpoint versus like just trying to get your next wholesale deal. Gotcha. So they gave me all the systems and information and I just, he was a little more technical savvy than me. You know, like he was, you know, college, he went to college, graduated high school. So I just let him do all the technical stuff and set up the systems, and then I was just, like, more on the front end. The, the gotcha. talker, the sales, the deal evaluations, and he was, like, the backside of it starting off. Mm. So we split up the roles. Like, I knew everything that needed to be done, and I would just give him the things that I didn't like to do or gotcha. I wasn't good at. But when y'all in this office, both y'all in a suit, probably a baggy suit. Ba oh, like my crazy. God. First my first joint. picture, baggy suit, horrible. <laughs> so I don't even want to look at it. Y'all get there in the morning. What do y'all do? Y'all look at each other and do what? So we were getting in there. We would have morning meetings. So we started off, we have a Monday morning meeting. And that was talking about goals, right? So in the wholesale business, give you some quick statistics. The, the national average wholesale fee is $10,000, right? So an average wholesaler makes ten grand around the world, Jeez. around the country. All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it. And we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together a Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships, okay? So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. The support is appreciated, okay? Thank you so much. Now back to the episode. Um, another KPI for offers to contract ratio. It takes about KPI, KPI key performance indicator, okay. right? So offers to contract ratio it takes about 20 offers, so 20 quality leads to get one contract. Mm -hmm. So just offer them two um, metrics right there we would set our goals for the week around that. So we knew that we needed to generate at least five to 10 leads per week because we wanted to do two deals a month at the time. Mm. So we know if we generated five to 10 quality leads per week, we can go out there and be on pace to do two deals. Gotcha. So the question gotcha. was, how can we generate enough marketing to bring in them leads? So we were mm. doing cold calling, we were investing in the systems, getting on the phones, and we were just implementing and, and, and trying everything we were learning. Gotcha. You work backwards. Work backwards, yeah. Reverse wholesaling. But to get two, I have to have 20. To get two, I need 40 opportunities. You need, yeah, you need, you need 40 opportunities. Yep. Got it. So Got I kept it. it simple like that. I didn't get caught up in trying to do it from the front to the back. I did it from the back to the front. And those numbers held true? They still hold true to this day. Huh. Yeah, you know what? It's, and it's so funny as wholesalers, and I actually, I, I have a friend, it was like, four deals that he got and it fell through. He probably just doesn't know that it takes 20 yeah. to get one. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. And if you know that going in, the expectation is set like, oh, well, it's only four. I really only have 16 left. 16 more, exactly. And that's what I do with like a lot of my students I coach. They'll come to me after 90 days, you know, stressed out. And I say, all right, let's, let's talk about it first. 
and I ask them about their numbers. numbers. Everything is about numbers in business. All so numbers. even as a, as a coach, if you can't provide me numbers, I can't help you. You know, so if you're not doing your part so that we can see the, because if you track your numbers, we can find a problem because there's, there's, there's always a problem to solve. So if you're generating the lead, so let's just say you have 40 leads right now, but you had no deals. The next thing I would ask is, okay, what's happening when the lead's coming in? What is that conversation? Let's let's break that down. Okay, okay, so that's working. How are, what, what are your offers? Let me see what you're presenting. And then how are you presenting the offer? Then are you following up with them? So there's definitely a if this, then this process that we can solve to really help anyone's wholesaling business become successful. Dang, that was lit. <laughs> if, you had, if you're tracking your numbers, we can find the problem. We can find the problem. Wow. Yeah. When did you like did you when did you like really did you have a turning point where it was like you just had like a breakout year or yeah. was it So I could tell you the turning point. So 2017, me and my partner, we we came together July of 2017. We created Jersey Shore Property Solutions. That was our wholesale company. Okay. Um we set up the all the automations, got it system um systemized. We did like three deals from July to the end of the year. So going into the going into the beginning of 2018 was when the turning point was. Um, the first four months of the year, I invested a lot of my own personal money to keep up with the marketing and the and the overhead expenses. So I say, you know what? As long as you hustle, you grind, I'll take care of the funding side of it. Cause I still had capital that I could still invest. And we were about March, and I was like $9,000 into the business. And I'm just like, oh, man, like, I know I got to stay consistent. I know it's going to work. It's going to break through. We had deals falling through at this time. Mm. So I say, you know what? As soon as I was like, I can't spend no more money. After 10000 that's it. If this don't work, I got to find something else. As as soon as I said that, you know, that week, we put three properties under contract, and we made $19,000 a month later. Wow. And I got my nine grand back and we were $10,000 up. And we we haven't had to put another dollar of our personal money into the business since. Oh, wow. Yep. So. Gotcha. So when when students join your, your academy, what is the first thing that you teach them? What is the first thing we got to talk about? Right. So normally what I teach students is to focus on the first 60 days of building their business infrastructure and mm-hmm. understanding the metrics. So I teach reverse wholesaling. I teach wholesaling mathematics and brand mm. and business. So I, I know focus wholesaling. On. What's reverse wholesaling? Reverse wholesaling is like you said, starting with the end in mind right. first. So reverse wholesaling is the concept of you know what? Before I go out here and look for deals from sellers, I'm going to go learn the market. So I'm going to go find all the investors, all the real estate agents, all the contractors, find my closing team, and really specifically from the cash buyers and the agents, find out where all the most cash transactions are happening. Where are the hottest zip codes where everyone wants to be at? Mm. So I go through that process first. So when I start investing my money into the business, I'm doing it strategically with people that already I've built the connection with that when I get a deal or even if I got a relationship going, I could say, hey, Dave, I got this, this lead here on the west side right here. I'm in this neighborhood. What's my price point again? Hey, listen, Isaac. If, if if it's a shit if it's a shit show over there, I need forty grand or six, whatever that number is. But if it's clean and it's a tenant in it, I could give you up to about ninety. So now I don't even got to understand evaluation of a deal. All I need to do is send him some pictures and go get it at seventy, eighty grand. You know, mm. so that kind of helps you being new because ROI and ARV and purchase ratio that could be intimidating a lot of times. So I teach people if you focus with the people, leverage the market. Like there's. People buying and selling with you or with or without you in the business. Right. So leverage them. 
You know, leverage them to help you get through your first few deals so that you can start to learn why these deals are actually happening. Yeah, and people who jump into wholesaling, why do you find that they don't succeed? Like, what are some of the major uh, stumbling blocks that they come across? I would say that a lot of them fail um, because they don't have the drive, right? One thing about the wholesaling um, concept is simple. It's just not easy to do it. It's not easy to find somebody that's willing to give you the house 50, 60, 70 cents on a dollar. So a lot of people fail because consistency. They quit on deals on lead six mm-hmm. when they got 14 more. That's the yeah. biggest reason why they people fail. They qu- All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Quit before they even ever get to the wholesaling statistics, the wholesaling numbers, because they don't really, a lot of times they don't know the numbers. Yeah. So a lot of my students are successful because I keep that countdown. So I teach them, put the paper on your wall. You got 20 your first lead, rip it off. I don't care if they say no to you. Next lead, come in, rip it off, right? So see the countdown. And then when we get around 20, you know that you need to be on your A game. You need to be having your best sales service. You need to be answering the calls on time. You need to have that right tonality. You need to really provide a service, you know, as you get closer to that number. Because statistically, you're going to get that lead around that 20 20 to 30 lead opportunities. Gotcha, gotcha. So let me, so as you're wholesaling, have you been doing fix and flips as well? Do you do those? Yeah, so um, that came later on in my career um, after selling over 100 properties. I did buy two investments in 2015 and 16. I bought two buy and hold that I still currently own. So I have them? Um, yeah, I still have them. So I bought them um, from some wholesale money that I had, but I got heavy in fixing and flipping. Um, I don't even, I don't really fix and flip. I really hold, but I got heavy into that 20, late 2019, 2020. Okay. So last year and this year, we've been buying aggressively. So you've been buying, so what does buying aggressively mean? So we're like buying, like we do the same wholesaling concept, the lead generation of marketing, but we don't hold, we're not wholesaling as but much of the deals. We're yeah. taking the best deals and we're buying them and we're targeting multiple doors now. Okay. I need you to explain. <clears throat> Because you are in the uh, education space. Yes. As an educator, 
you can really make some money. You can sell a, a program that helps people, and if it helps people, the people that are in the program go tell other people, like, what's happening in your program. Yes. But I'm trying to wrap my head around why real estate is the number one way of building wealth, because I can take $200,000 and buy a house, or a smaller number, $100,000 and buy a house, and, you know, fix it up or whatever, and I got, you know, $150,000 in it, and I can rent it out to somebody, and now I'm profiting $400. Right. Why am I doing that? That's not the way to go. I was going to say, yeah, because that, that's I, not I, the way it, to go. It didn't make sense to mm-mm, me. Mm-mm. So the reason why people should invest in real estate is leverage, right? So your $100,000 will make that stretch longer, right? So instead of leveraging $100,000 on one property, we can get multiple single family properties or we can go get a bigger asset that's going to cash flow better. So the, the biggest reason why I love real estate, the fact that you can leverage, certainly when you're in a buying side, so right now I'm looking at a $1.5 million portfolio that's worth um, about $1.8 million as is. I oh, can, you're going to buy somebody's $1.5 million? Yeah, they're selling a, a bundle of property. So it's four properties, 31 units total. Oh. So we're looking at this. We have it under contract. They want when We're at $1.5 million. It's worth about $1.8 million as is. So there's $300,000 in equity. How much do you have to put into it? 300000 That's all I need down. That's leverage. And I'm saying how much do you think you have to put it's into turnkey. it to fix it up? It's turnkey. We're going through our inspections right now as we're speaking, but it's all turnkey. Every unit's rented out. I like turnkey real estate. It's pretty much buying money. Buying money. I'm buying a business that's already working. Got you. So they want 1.5. It's worth 1.8. How much is the cash flow? Good question. Um, the total cash flow on the entire building, um, net cash flow, and again, I want to say sixty-four to seventy-four thousand dollars, like net cash flow, like after all expenses, debt Good. service, everything. So you think about three hundred thousand dollars down to own something worth one point eight million dollars. Of course, you got a mortgage on it, but you're generating the monthly cash flow. See that I don't have right on me. I don't want to. I don't want to make up numbers, right? Because right. right? we've been breaking it down, and I, I'll get them to you. But, um, you know, from the monthly cash flow from all the buildings, it's going to supersede what the mortgage payments will be on the properties. Sure. So we'll, we'll, we'll get the, the mortgage paid down. We'll cash flow as well on it. But we also have the equity in it. You know, the appreciation over time. Because with commercial real estate, a lot of times you force the value up as you have the building produce more income. Gotcha. So all the properties are under rent values. So that means that these properties, it's in it's in PA near it's in Scranton, PA, this portfolio. So they're getting 600, 700, 800 for these one and two bedrooms, but we can get it up to one bedroom, 700, 800, two bedrooms, a thousand dollars. So that's what we're gonna be doing over the if we buy it over the five years, we'll force the value up by increasing the re, the rents, making any improvements as we get into our inspection, so that now after five years, we'll decide if we're gonna keep it or then sell it for. 2.2 million, 2.3 million and cash out of it. And then we'll roll that into a bigger investment. Okay. Okay. I see. And so now you can put $300,000 into a building and you have a plan to profit a million something dollars over time. Later, over, over, time. Yep, over the sale and the cash flow will generate. And then when we sell it, we should, we'll cash out big on it too. Or you can have a program and put $300,000 in it and make. You see, I don't, yeah. I'm still not, 
I don't know. Now, I, I do. I actually bought a, a portfolio. It wasn't no $1 million portfolio. Yeah. Shouts out to uh, Terika. She she kind of walked me through that deal. Um, it's, it's two two units, three doors total. Okay. And I I, I did it, one, because uh, Terika, my, my mentor, she's super wealthy. And she said I should do it. But I still don't understand. Why? Why? Because it, it see it doesn't it doesn't seem like a lot of money. It's a number. See, real estate is a numbers game. Mm. Um, so it's like if you're if you're gonna just do one property, you're never gonna see the benefits. But mm. take your cash flow and times it by thirty right now. Whatever that is, times it by thirty. Yeah. Then on top of that, I know you're you're a high um, net worth earner. So at the end of the year. What are you doing in terms of taxes? Are you leveraging oh, these assets? Are you lowering your taxes? You can lower your taxes through all these buildings that you're acquiring. So a lot of times... Explain it, that. No, no, no. Okay. And yep. I need to ask you. Yep. Because an accountant told me, I was like, yo, I bought this building. And she was like, well, you can't write it all. You can't write off the building because it's an asset that's going to be producing income. Is that wrong? That's, I mean, I'm not a tax profession. I'm not a, I'm not a certified tax accountant, but I do did this in real life. That's not true. You could certainly so depre- I need a new tax Yeah, bill. you could certainly depreciate your real estate assets. I have a a business that has a hair salon, a, a little um mom and pop shop and an apartment on top. We depreciated that to help with taxes. I got multifamily, so that's not true. So maybe she misunderstood you, but no, you can certainly leverage your real estate assets to depreciate them. You can do cost segregation studies, which again, get a tax accountant that specializes in that. But for high net worth earners, you have to figure out ways, how can I save? It's called phantom income is what they call it. Mm. So you're not physically going to get it. But my example for this year was I had a $70,000 tax burden this year, Mm. but through my real estate Properties that knocked off almost fifty thousand off of them. What? And then my properties I owned multiple years ago. Okay, right. We're gonna talk about this. I need a number. Right. Yeah, I hook you up with them. And then I had the properties I bought um, previously. Nobody told me I could never leverage them. So when I sat down with them, they said we can use them properties and we can backtrack all the years that you owned it. So that accelerated and really helped me. So like this year, I got fifty thousand dollars in phantom income because if I didn't do that, I would have had to give it to Uncle Sam. You know, wow. so now I don't physically get fifty thousand, but I keep fifty thousand. Keeps me keep growing in my business. So that's what wealthy people are doing every single year. How can I keep buying good real estate deals, not only wow. cash flow and let the tenants pay them down, but I can benefit from the cash flow and the tax advantages. But everything else is for the legacy, right? So I'm always thinking about my kids that can really benefit from these investments twenty years from now, fifteen years from now. I'll benefit from the cash flow, saving on taxes each year. But more importantly, building up the um the real estate portfolio. I got you. I mean, how many properties you got? Collectively, we have um, and it's me and two of my partners, Curvines, Molly, the one, and then Ramel New Worlds is another one of my partners. We have thirty two units total. And y'all about to double it. We about to double right. That's what I'm saying. We got thirty two. We're looking at thirty one right be now. A part of y'all group. Can yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes, I've been on the deal. Listen, listen, I got ten thousand. <laughs> we need to laugh like all right, bro. Ten thousand. Okay, so do you do you do more multifamilies or single or commercial? So or I'm I'm an open book. So I'm based off market. So my New Jersey market is funny because in the New Jersey market, some of the values are similar to eight units I'm looking at in the middle of PA, right? Mm-hmm. So I could get a single family in Jersey right now. I'm buying. I give you an example: of one deal bought for one thirty, worth three twenty five. Mm-hmm. Needed seventy thousand in work. But rents out twenty two hundred a month. 
Mm-hmm. My mortgage on that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um do the birth strategy. So birth strategy is buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Buy, rehab, um, rent. Buy, yep, refinance, refinance, repeat. Walk me through it. Okay, Walk so you buy, right? So yep. the number one is the buy. So in real estate, you win and you're buy. Yep. So if you buy discounted, you already win. Mm-hmm. So we aim to buy properties at 65 to 70 cents on the dollar. That way, when you refinance on the back end, you can pull out, you can get all your money back and any money you put down and even profit if you buy it with enough discount. Got it. Okay. All right. So we leverage a hard money lender. So, so you're we looking use, for a 65 to 70% equity. Yep. And equity. Or th- no, 30, 30 to 35% of equity. Equity of equity, yes. Got it. Yep. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to go to a lender. I'm going to show them this deal. Right. So as long as I got that, um, them numbers down. So I'll give you a real life example. 130 was the purchase. 70,000 was the rehab. So we need to borrow 200,000. We had to, they funded, we had to put 20% down, right? So that was $40,000. Left us with a mortgage of about 160,000. And we have 13 months to get them their 160,000 back. Mm. So that's when the bird comes into play now. So we now we renovate, which we're about 80% done. So we're renovating it. And then when we go to refinance the property, well, we'll rent, well, excuse me, we'll renovate, then we're going to rent it out. Okay. Once we rent it out, and we got the cash flow coming in like one or two months, then we'll go ahead and refinance it. So with the refinance, when we go to the bank, they're going to look at the value of the property now that's fixed up and give us 80% of that. Mm-hmm. So three, I, I don't forget right on my head, I don't have a calculator, but 80% of 325, if I had to take a guess, is somewhere around about 240 to 260. Okay. I only owe 160 on the property. My $40,000, I get back makes 200. So you see, I was $40,000 right, right, creating right, money. Right, right. For sure. For so sure. I created money. I got all my money out, paid that lender off. I'm going 30 years now with the conventional mortgage. So I got the lowest mortgage payment and the tenant will pay that down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull and suck all the money out of it and the profit. I just created $40,000, $50,000 to go repeat it. Isaac, you talking spicy right now, bro. Golly, you talking <laughs> spicy. Okay, I like real estate again. Yeah. Okay, so um, so you're just pretty much, you don't care if it's multifamily or whatever. You're just looking at the deal. The deal, yeah. So when I'm in Jersey, I'm okay with single family. But if I'm going out of state in the markets, I'm in Milwaukee, I'm in central PA, and I'm just recently got in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I'm looking for multifamily. I'm mainly portfolio building. I'm focusing on multifamily investing. I just know my Jersey market where I grew up with so much, and I know it's right on the shore. It's always going to appreciate so I'll take deals all day long. And I know every neighborhood, like the back of my hand. So we leverage the same wholesale concepts. When we put the properties under contract, we just talking different at the table now. Gotcha. You have a, pro- it's a property I want to go see. It's a, um, it's a big space, event space, beautiful um, location in the city of Atlanta. Uh, Shouts out to my man, Ramon. He put me, he took me over there. And it's one, he was saying it's worth about 1.8, 1.9. And they want to, about 1.9, and he wants to sell it for 1.6, but it's an event space. So I just got to keep it rented out. But I have an event space. So right. I think it will work out well. I was really going to call Marcus, like, yo, I need a one point, yeah, because he got the bread. So, <laughs> but what would you do with that? Is there, should I try to negotiate more? Do I just call Marcus and ask for the money or what? So that's a good question. So with event space, like I know when you get into the commercial real estate, it, it changes, right? Um, it goes by what can you prove that the building can produce. Mm-hmm. So if you know that the building can generate, 
you know, X amount of dollars a year, like just a net profit, let's say 100000 for an easy number, right? Based off the market's cap rate, right? Every market has different cap. So there's a lot of like components that you got to look at. Right. The asset class, like where is the building sitting at? Are you in an A class, B class? Is it, you know, C? And then what's the cap rate hold in on, that market? I'm about to call my man. I'm about to text him. And then you said, hold on, the class. Yeah, like, so what type of, um, what type of asset class is the building? What asset class? <laughs> He's going to be like, oh, you, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Not really. I'm just sitting here talking to Isaac. Uh, what asset class is... The building, on. yeah. Asset class is the building. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, I feel mad smart just sending that text. Yeah. And I feel mad savvy. All right, so what asset class is building? Okay, what else? Right, so then after that, once you understand the asset class um, and the use of the building, then you got to look into the actual market of Atlanta to get, like, what's the cap rate? So the cap rate is the capital rate of return. So it's as if you funded the deal all cash. Mm-hmm. Because nine times out of ten, you would want to leverage to get this, this building, right? So if we know that, just say, let's just say it was a 10 cap. And I know Atlanta is not 10 cap. The lower the cap rate, the more valuable the area. I don't know the cap. The lower cap, cap rate, more, more valuable, valuable the area. Which means you won't make a lot of cash flow, but you will appreciate over time. Hold on. Yep. And what's the cap what's rate? What's the cap rate for this type of asset in, the, in, this, in Atlanta? The building. Can I say what's the cap rate for the building, or should I? Yeah, for this type. I want to sound savvy, bro. Yeah. So, what's the cap rate for this for this building in today's market? In today's, he's probably not the best person to ask. Neither he's selling it to you, but no, he's not. So his man is selling it. He just called me to see if there was a play. Okay. Because he knows like I do events and stuff like that. Right. Right. So, all right, he's like, yo, this ain't an investor I'll play with. He wanted the cap rate. All right. So I so lower the cap rate. The less the less revenue I'll make. Yearly revenue, but the more appreciation you're gonna get. So more it's like, yeah, like New York How City. How do you calculate all that? It's I'm I'm learning a lot of it, but it's it's just formulas. It's just you gotta know how to solve for each formula, you know? So um like in a market like New York, you're gonna see with skyscrapers two to you know, two to three percent cap rates. You know, so that means you're making if it was an all-cash deal, you're making two to three percent on your money. But what happens is when you're leveraging debt, that two to three percent now becomes eight to ten percent because you're because you're only putting a portion down. Gotcha. And when we look at so in in real estate, I'm never looking at the full cap rate, even though I want to understand. I want to look at how much cash I'm giving and how, what's the rate I'm getting it back. Mm-hmm. That's how people invest in bigger assets. I see. So instead of me looking at all right, I'm buying for one point five million, but I'm only making seventy five thousand dollars back. Most people wouldn't buy that. Mm-hmm. But if I look at it like I'm putting three hundred thousand down, and I'm getting seventy five thousand back per year, that makes a little bit a lot more sense. That's cash on cash return. I see. So I see. that's a lot of times what most investors are looking at. How fast can I get my money out the building, and then it could start really producing me a profit and appreciate over time by forcing the rent up. Got it. Got it. Do you do commercial stuff because you can't calculate it that way in terms of rents and stuff? Yeah. So I don't do a lot of commercial. Um, like certainly like for the event space, that's that's something that's a little out of my league because then you would have to look at kind of like what would you produce in there. So you as the investor, and it would know that based. I would you can use this building for example. What am I producing here? What is my plans? What is my goal? Can I get there? Mm-hmm. Can I make two million profit um for the year? And then you can kind. Of, that's going to be kind of what you're projected net profit would be. So a lot of times when you're doing 
buildings that are not already producing, a lot of it is going off of what your projections are, right? And I would assume that, Ernestine, um, with the Black House, correct? When, with, the, with the office space and, and, the, and the media and all that? So, we're to- so what we're talking about right now is, um, I'm, I'm explaining to David um, the event he's looking at. Yes, um, and so- Joe, find out how much we're making here, all right? So we know, that. I know, I want to know the cap rate. Right. <laughs> I know I used that wrong, I think. Yeah, like, how much we making a month? So, so what I'm asking them is pretty much when, when you guys, when, you got, when we got the Black House and we, pre- we projecting what to do with it, the office spaces, the media, the rooms you'll rent out, we had to project a profit that you would anticipate to come up with what you would pay for the building. So it's sort of similar. See, when you're buying, like, I buy, like, residential units. So it's like, I know the rent. I know that. Yeah. But when you're buying a building where you're going to put something in it and generate the income, it's going to go off projections of what you know you can do or what you've done already. Got you, got you. And your, your specialty is I know I can, I can, I'm going to house families. Right. Whether I know I can get seven, yeah. $800 a month. I know the market over the next three years, looking at these rents, I see it's going to continue to go up. So I can anticipate within... Five years, my net, my net, my NOI, net operating income will be projected around here. And at this same cap rate in today's market, this would give me the value of the building. Because mm-hmm. as your NOI goes up, the value of the building goes up in commercial real estate. Got you. So that's what we're trying to do, make the value go up. And you don't do any investing in Atlanta? No, but I want, I'm going to start though. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to start. You need a partner, right? We yeah. need at least, a, at least four of us need to be. Yeah, I need, I need you, a partner. You three. Did you, you want to hit him up? Just let him know we got another. Yeah, dude, listen, <laughs> look, look, we in there. That one man could find his phone. He was like, I mean. <laughs> the, 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 the team sure. got me. The team took For my sure. phones. So, all right, so you've, tell me about your, like, your students, okay? Because one yeah. thing for you to be up. Yeah. It's one thing for you to understand real estate. But uh, are your students getting it, how you're getting it? Yes, absolutely. So, so I'll first tell you my journey, how I became a coach. So, um. It started in 2018. So after I made the investment with the um, Find and Flip Summit at Kent Clothing and taught me how to build my wholesale business, um, I wanted to, 2018, I wanted to focus on being more intentional, helping out our culture. So I, I, I linked up with Jay. Again, I reached back out to him. Yo, King, I want one-on-one mentorship with you. Um, not so focused on real estate. You know, of course, I'll take any gems, but I want you to teach me how to be the best black man I could be. Literally mm-hmm. is what I told him. I said, I want, I want you to teach me how you out here marching, you pushing, you, you, you spreading this message and inspiring people. That's, that's, my, that's my goal that I want to focus on. So literally in that time of us doing our sessions, I was just like educating him on a lot of things I learned about the real estate business. So like my first three sessions, it was like, I wouldn't say I was teaching him, but I was like, King, I see this opportunity in the JMA Academy where a lot of these newer students, like, I'm seeing the questions and the challenges. I can help them with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just dropping game, game, game. And he just cut me, like, in the middle of a sentence, like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fly you out here. And I came down to Atlanta, like, and I was on stage probably, like, three weeks after that conversation, you mm-hmm. know? So it started that way there. And, that, and that's a tip that I'll give the viewers is, like, when you invest in mentorship, everybody always expects something from the mentor, right? And, of course, you're supposed to get that. But you always want to, any room you come in, provide value. No matter if you're the payer or the receivee of the payment, always provide value because with that, your blessings will come. So just from me being intentional, I got an opportunity to step on a stage. I went from a nobody, a guy from this small town. Yeah, I was doing my ones and twos in my business, but smack of a dime, I had 10,000 followers and I was this new kid on the block. You know, who is this guy right here that's working with Jay Morrison? 
So that's kind of how it started. And, you know, the first two years we had success, you know, um, we had students being successful, but I will honestly say, and that's how Cash Buyers Academy just came in 2020. I wasn't satisfied with the success. And I said, I was speaking with Jay and I was like, look, I know that our time is valuable. I know that we got a lot of things that we're doing, but like, I'm down to go like a full blitz mentorship with our students, you know, with our culture, because I want to see more people successful. I see a lot of people trying real estate, but I only see a few people really successful at it. You know, because when I started, I just was doing wholesale deals. It took me two years to actually have a wholesaling business. So that's what I wanted to bring to the culture. And that's how we created Cash Buyers Academy, which was a more hands-on uh, group mentorship setting where we were working with the students, you know, multiple times throughout the week. Um, and really, like, I probably was giving them, in this whole year, I was averaging six to eight hours a week with them mm. since every every week, you know? Really? Yeah. And it, and it helped. It helped a lot. We have two students that's doing going to do six figures within 12 months. Really? Yeah. Golly. So it's, it's you and Jay. So they get, like, two mentors. Yeah, so they, yep, they get Jay, they get Jay, and they get me. They get Jay once a week. They get me four times a week. Really? Yeah. Y'all hands-on. Hands-on, hands-on. Because I would probably need that, too, because I'm going to try to learn this whole cap rate thing. I'm going to ask you a million questions a million different ways. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dang, that's lit. Yeah. Five days a week? Yeah, we're giving them a lot. We're giving them a lot. People people tell me I'm crazy, but I said, look, sometimes it's more about the purpose behind it. It's not about, you know, the pricing on it or I'm giving my time up for pennies on the dollar, but it's about the bigger the bigger mission, right? So uh, my, my biggest mission which is really inspired from Jay's bridging the wealth gap, you know, but I like to spe uh, spe specify the millennials. Mm. So I'm trying to bridge the wealth gap for millennial entrepreneurs. So that was my way of putting my foot forward mm. that you make a small investment to yourself. I'm going to give y'all me full time for a whole year. If you can't win outside of this, then you just not, it's on you at that point. Man, Isaac, you are an impressive young man. You know that? Thank you. You're very, very, very mature. You said you're 28? 28. I just turned 28, yes. Goodness gracious, man. Congratulations on all your success. Man. Thank you. Appreciate Seriously. you. Appreciate you. Um, I want to... Um, anything we didn't touch on? You gave a lot of game today. Yeah, I gave a lot of game. I gave a lot of game. Uh, we didn't touch on my book. I didn't get to right. get to that part. Talk about the book. So um, I just recently launched my book, Creating Cash and Real Estate for Millennials. So that's pretty much my seven years of experience in the business that I wrote in a very easy-to-read um, self-help book showing um, our students how to come become master real estate wholesalers, teaching them how to build their company structures and get their business on a pace to making $10,000 every single month within 90 days. Uh, E-book or physical book? Physical book, and I actually brought you one. I brought you a physical book, but we have physical e-book. So it's so right there. Put it on here. For, yeah, we, we, we need uh, some product placement on here. You can toss it. I, ah, that ain't you. That's me. Is it you? Yeah. I know my hairline twisted up a little bit. I had a bad <laughs> barber that day. <laughs> oh, okay. Creating cash and real estate for millennials. The guide to becoming a master wholesaler. This is dope, bro. Yeah. This is dope. This is dope. So Congratulations. That, yes, man. thank you. And it's an easy read, too. It's like, super I just easy. It, it was done. Dang. Yeah. So like this, like wholesaling real estate, a lot of, a lot of our people, um, I love to teach wholesaling a different aspect. I look at it from the legacy building standpoint. So wholesaling is the foundation of real estate investing because all wholesaling is in a nutshell is finding great deals. So if I could find great deals every single month, 
I can dictate and control my salary mm. because I could wholesale a deal and make 10 grand, 20 grand, or I can burst strategy it. I could fix and flip it. I can, you know, hold it for my portfolio. So for me now being seven years in the business and now as the market, you know, COVID happened, put me in a better position, I was able to build 80% of my net worth in, in one year at a $1.2 million net worth because of the strategies I learned from this book here. And that's systems, finding leads, sales process, closing deals, customer service, providing win-win situations, things of that nature. So the book is really going to give somebody the fundamentals to eat forever. Like literally, I'll be doing commercial deals from the same principles that this book has taught me. Okay, That's for you. I appreciate it because I'm definitely going to learn cap rate tonight. Okay, so um, one, thank you. I appreciate you coming yes, by, sir. man. Really, this was a very enlightening conversation. I got to do a quick commercial, but I need um, I need you to think of something to close this out with, man, because I just see, I see you in a lot of inner cities, and there's some kids that are super inspired, and there's going to be a lot of parents and uncles and aunts that are sending this video to their nephew that's out there that doesn't feel like they can get out. Yeah, and yeah. you're like a, you're an inspiration. So uh, I'm going to do a quick commercial. Yes? Um, to the mic. Though. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys touch on this or not, but Isaac also beat cancer. And I think it's really important oh, yeah. that he did all of this um, while battling cancer. What you mean? I forgot that part. You forgot you beat <laughs> cancer, bro? I forgot that part. <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? I beat cancer in 2019. What kind of cancer? Um, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. So, yeah, I had cancer in my lip noid. So it was up in, like, my neck area. So um, I had to do, like, emergency surgery. And, um, yeah, I battled it for seven months. But, you know, I look at it as it, it, it was a change to my life. I'm actually thankful for it because during the time of 2019, like I mentioned, in 2018, I was working. My one-on-one -on -one mentorship with Jay was also a spiritual. He was teaching me how to become more spiritually um, aligned with the universe, right? So that was working for me, but I thought I was talking with God until I found that I had cancer. So when I came out the doctors, um, you know, finding that out in January of 2019, that's when I really, first time I heard God speak to me. And what he told me was, he simply just said, look, you know, wipe your tears, hold your head up, you're going to be okay. But I'm, I got to put you through this journey because of the things that you are putting into the universe. You want to be successful. You want to help people. You want to change the world. You want to make millions of dollars. You're not prepared to endure that type of success. So I imagine that this was the, the, the journey that God put me to build me up to be that person. In July of 2019, I beat cancer. So it proved that my theory that everything he said to me was real. Mm. So, yep, I went through radiation, immunotherapy. So, I, like you say, you see in the, in the movies when they pull up to them cancer spots, you get everybody hooked up on the machines. I was the youngest guy in there. Wow. Every room I went in. And money's still flowing. Money's still flowing. Yeah, my business, my team really helped me. Um, Alana, my assistant, she really stepped up. My business partner, Curb, you know, took a leadership role. And they really allowed me to kind of just go through my journey because I was mentally strong, but I was still, I'm human. So, yeah, like, 100%. you know, it was times when I just... I wasn't waking up motivated. I was so inspired for like three years straight. I thought like I couldn't be stopped. I thought I would be a millionaire in 2019. I thought I was going to take over the game. I thought it was my time, but I was humbled and had to take a step back. And that that's what bothered me the most. But I knew it was for a better calling. Like I said, after I beat cancer, that year and a half is where I built 80% of my net worth. 
leveraging mm. everything I learned the previous five and a half years. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Look, golly, you are <laughs> uh you are very, very impressive, man. Thank you. Very, very impressive. And you're gonna be super, I mean you're successful now, but like you're just gonna go to a whole nother level because you got so much runway ahead of you, man. Yeah. Golly. So thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Bro, tell people that, bro. Like, I mean, I mean, not on some like like um bragging, but it's there are people who are really going through some things. And yeah. Man, that's, a, that's a powerful part of your You story. know, I try to get it out. I try to. It's, yeah. we, we, it's a lot of stuff, you yeah, know? So yeah. that one slipped my mind right there. Appreciate oh, you. <laughs> that one <laughs> slipped my mind. No doubt. So let me let me get into this commercial okay. real quick. Um, this episode is sponsored by The Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com. Themorningmeetup.com is the only community that gathers every single day, like I told you, Monday through Friday, and we teach entrepreneurship. So you get to wake up with that mindset. The community is amazing, though, because... They're having meetups around the country without me, mm. which I still want to invite. I don't care if it's going on in Texas. Let me know that y'all link it up, that y'all in the community. But anyway, it's beautiful, man, because uh, it's like we literally have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on a call every morning. So some people have 400 people on a webinar, but we have a community that gathers every single day mm. and does this. So um, it's absolutely amazing to go to themorningmeetup.com. Also, send me a text message, man. Um, I just got this phone. So send me a text message. 404-737-4935. I'll be giving you updates. I'll just be texting motivational stuff sometimes. So 404-737-4935. Um, yeah, man. I need you on the morning meetup, too. I'll definitely be there. I'll be yeah. honored. Listen, man, again, thank you so much for stopping in, man. So how can people find you? How can they connect with you? Yeah, so you guys can find me on Instagram at Mr. Isaac Grace. So Isaac is I-S-S-A-C and M-R. Mm-hmm. Um, for Mr. Uh, Facebook, I'm Isaac Grace. Um, you guys can check us out. Um, anyone interested in the real estate, um, www.cashbuyersacademy.com. Mm-hmm. So we have our group mentorship program that's, you know, co-led by myself and Jay Morrison. Anybody want the book, you can go to creatingcashandrealestate.com to grab the book. We're also doing a $2,500 cash giveaway with the with the hard copy purchases. Really? Yep. So we're giving away uh, cash. I, do I get in the hat that I got the... Nah, I you don't. You <laughs> ain't buy it. <laughs> so we're giving away cash, ask, courses, really? coaching, and cheat sheets to three lucky people. So that's going to be another way how we pay it forward with bridging the wealth gap. So in honor of celebrating my book launch, my 20th birthday, we're going to also give back from, you know, a lot of the proceeds that we make. Your 20th birthday? My 28th birthday. 28th, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so we're going to give back a lot of the proceeds and then also some courses, some coaching. I got Jay Morrison. I'm offering his DNA Wealth Kit. Um, Neo Davis is actually uh, another mentor of mine I'm working with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're in that group yeah. too. So he's offering one of his event space courses. Uh, my partner, Ramel, he's a credit master. So he's offering um, some of his credit products as well. Um, and then uh, another one of my partners, he's in the trucking industry, Donye Kamal. He's given me some things. So a couple brothers came together to support me in this, to make yeah. this thing big and really support the mission, the mission to help more millennial entrepreneurs get that jump start. You know, that a lot of us didn't have, you know, growing up. 100%. Yo, um, I don't know how much the, like, the program is, but can, can my audience have a discount? Absolutely. I don't know what the percentage is, but... Um, if you can make the the promo code social proof on whatever you can add it to, okay. Um, we'll obviously put some links below, but um, I, I especially if they sat here and listened to you for an hour, yeah, and really soaked up the game. I'm sure they want to feel connected. Let's just reward them for that. Is that cool? Absolutely. There it is, man. Look, so I need y'all to make sure y'all follow Isaac Grace. Do me a favor, man. I need you to close this out. 
Really, really strong, man. It's kind of put a bow on this whole message, man. Got you. you beat cancer, you're just bad environment, good environment, good things start happening. You go back into a bad environment, bad things start happening, then you get into a good environment again with Jay and you no good more things start happening no. again. It's crazy yeah. that way. But like to that inner city kid, what do you say to somebody that really wants to be successful? They see you making millions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one saying that I live by that I say all the time is, you know, tough times don't last. Tough people do. I learned that from one of my idols, Floyd Mayweather. You know, I was a boxer, so I used to always really follow him. So my still message- Still got hands? Who me? Yeah, I still got hands. I still got hands. I still got hands. So, you know, twisted. yeah. So like a lot of us in life, you know, people may be feeling like they down, they out, you know, they counted out. They don't have the resources, you know, the statistic is for them not to win. But we all been through that, a lot of us, right? So tough times do come. But if we if we stay focused, if we really push, we find ourselves internally and you get passionate about building something that's bigger than you, which is your legacy, your why, your family, then we can truly go out here and outlast tough times, right? So I'm one of them type of people where I just try to outlast adversity by being tough mentally. Mm. So we can't make excuses for our circumstances because a lot of us share similar things. So I hopefully this story inspires somebody to realize that your problems are only your problems because you're allowing them to be your problems mm. and understand that if we can outlast tough times and be tough people, then we can surpass that and be anything we want to be in life. You just got to believe it here first. Listen, man, we can't close it out no better than that. Do me a favor. Go follow Mr. Isaac Grace. Uh, I'm going to be uh, thumbing through this book tonight for sure. Um, but I need you to do me a favor. Go get you some social proof. Go build something. Build it really, really big. But I need you to come back to your community and teach somebody else how you did it, just how Isaac Grace did. All right? We are out of here. Peace. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad because with chime checking account Features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts. Or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.